Hey y'all, welcome to the first episode of the Gar Hole Podcast. Scott, Justin, and I give a little background about ourselves. We also talk guns, our dream hunts, and also do a Rushmore. Hope y'all enjoy. With uh, an intro, kind of tell us who you are, Hadley, because apparently on the last podcast, that's the feedback I got, was it sounded like three drunk men at a bar having a conversation <laughs> that the FBI was listening. So you want to tell them a little bit, bit about yourself? Uh, sure. I go to uh, college in Arkansas. I'm not going to say the school because uh, the last episode is about to get deleted as soon as this one goes up, so no one will know. Uh, I mainly duck hunt, deer hunt, turkey hunt. Uh, love chasing mallards in the trees. Wanting to get into speckle belly hunting. If, if uh, anybody wants to uh, take me on a speck hunt, I'm always uh, willing to go. You and, put that uh, up. Do what? Nothing. Go ahead. No, no. Say what she's gonna say. All I said was you put out on the first date. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, especially for a spec hunt, and uh, you know, uh, pretty much grew up uh, hunting and fishing my whole life. All my family does it. My dad was actually a uh, Arkansas game warden for almost all of my life up until I was about sixteen, seventeen, and uh, yeah, I got into uh, waterfowl hunting when I was. 16 i went with uh my uncle one of his buddies and his two sons and ever since then hardly missed a lick i hunt about the least amount of days i've hunted in a season besides that first season when i got into it halfway through i hunted 20 last year because i transferred colleges and uh this year i hunted about 40 and my average is probably about 40 to 45 out of 60 day season so uh then turkey hunting is a completely different story. I try to hunt every day of turkey season, especially during COVID this year. I hunted every single day of Arkansas turkey season. I never missed a morning. And uh, that's going to be hard this year with school and everything. Uh, really can't think of much else. Uh, Justin, I guess we'll row to you and bounce back and forth. All right. Uh, my name is Justin. I've been... I mostly fish. Fishing has been my passion forever. Uh, in fact, it's middle of January and I'm taking the boat on Lake Michigan tomorrow because I'm crazy about fishing and the ice isn't safe to go out on anymore. Uh, I've been mostly chasing muskies. Muskies are my favorite. Uh, I've got one fish over that 50-inch glass, a uh, bunch of 40s, bunch of 30s, um, a deer hunt. I never killed anything big, but I've shot shot quite a few deer in the last ten years. Um, I just started waterfall hunting a few years ago. Uh, a buddy of mine uh, invited me out with him after I had a bad deer hunt on some public land. Uh, so that same buddy, though, him and I started Dead or Alive Outdoors back when we were going to mechanic school. We started that up in 2013. We quickly reached 7,000 followers on Facebook. It got to where we were given uh yeah opportunity to start a tv show found out how much that costs and never did anything with it uh we had sponsors pro staffs it was fun but uh let it all wind down and now we're trying to fire it back up again and see if we can turn it into anything else that's why we're on instagram and facebook with all that and uh pretty much what i do what about you scott no so um I'm Scott, uh, born and raised in Texas, a uh, little fanatic about it, I guess you could say. Um, 
everybody pretty much calls me Scotty Goggles. Um, man, I've been duck hunting, I guess you could say since I was about 18 or so. Uh, my now brother-in-law got me into it, and ever since then, I've just caught the bug. And, you know, between that, dove hunting and uh, goose hunting, that's pretty much all I focus on. I'm not a big, big fan of fishing, anything like that, unless it's on the coast. Um, don't do anything on the lakes up here. Um, uh, that's it. Went to college, uh, wanted to be a waterfowl biologist, um, was a waterfowl technician for about five years, traveled the country, did a bunch of cool stuff. Um, came home in 2012, got a big boy job and, you know, that pretty much supports me and lets me hunt as often as I can. And, uh, and then, uh, pretty much got hooked up with you guys and here we are episode two. Uh, technically episode one. Oh, technically episode one. The first steps into the voids, just a teaser. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think teasers are supposed to be an hour and a half. Well, they will be when we start pumping out five and a half hour long episodes. <laughs> We're going to beat Rogan, beat Rogan's records. <laughs> I bet we could I'd do be it. Okay with that. Oh, five yeah. And hours. Five and a half hours of us rambling. Well, you know. Uh, I, I, I think we need to talk about our waterfowl seasons because all three of us has had a pretty piss poor waterfowl season. I'm pretty sure that's everywhere. Um, I'll let Justin get into it and Scott and me, cause mine's not been, mine has probably been the least eventful out of everybody's. <laughs> uh, see, I shot two geese in the early season, both while dove hunting. Yes. I hunt dove with steel. Because I have the opportunity to shoot geese while I'm dove hunting. Uh, and then I shot two geese in the late season. And that was it. it. It rained so much up here that as soon as our fields got plowed, they got turned real quick. So it was nothing but mud. Uh, for duck season, we didn't get enough rain to flood any of our fields. We had one day where we got to duck hunt. I killed one mallard hen, and that was my entire waterfall season. Okay, maybe I did not have the least eventful. Oh my god! I spent more time sitting there looking at the sunrise than I did anything. I would say my success rates, and I'm I'm saying success rate in meaning one bird killed. I probably am sitting at like twelve percent. <laughs> About ten percent better than us. Ugh. Jeez. Well, I I'm gonna feel like an all star going after you. So this is this is kind of <laughs> nice, but he's a straight <laughs> killer. It sounds like yeah. So this season has been horrible, man. Um, down here in North Texas, um, I do a lot of public hunting on a Corps of Engineer land. Um, pretty much anywhere from DFW, we'll travel anywhere up to three hours away. And so that's where I hunt. Um, I've probably, probably shot maybe a box of shells, uh, waterfowl hunting. It uh, doesn't include the guided trip uh, we just went on uh, this past weekend, but all my public hunting this year, I'd say I'm at 30 birds. It's been really piss poor. Now, a lot of competition. Um, I think I've had more boats um, drive through my spread this year than any other year uh, and killed the least amount of birds. I, I've gotten really good at, uh, at taking a lot of sunrise pictures, though. So I feel like I might become a photographer before this is all over. 
and you know i took my camera some this year and i just never take it out i was like there's nothing for me to take pictures of and then the mornings i left it in my truck or whatever i was like damn it'd be really nice to be popping some pictures right now with nothing flying and yep sure didn't i i I'd had some perfect pictures this morning of my buddy's dog but oh well um, my duck season has been god awful i have traveled almost all over the state of arkansas at the wrong times and just had zero luck almost all of the birds i've actually killed this year have been on private land and it's the private land that i grew up hunting it's not like i've got some big lease or anything it's like just farm ponds back home or a buddy's pond or whatever um probably my most eventful two days of season was martin luther king weekend we killed 18 in two days and i shot my limit both days but other than that, I mean, gadwalls and a few mallards, and that's been about it. I've killed three teal. That's it. I've not even shot a wood duck this year, which I'm not a big wood duck shooter anyway. Oh, man. I want I want to kill me a, uh, a Drake Woody, get him mounted. Oh, I can definitely get you on some of them. We got a lot of them up here. It's just if you don't kill them in like the first week, they're yeah. gone. A lot of the uh, bands that get shot back home are woodies. And I'm assuming that's the same thing around Scotty, too. Yeah, uh, we get a decent amount of migrators in East Texas, but I think most of them probably just wood ducks. Yeah. So even though this is going to be our first official podcast i think we need to talk about the numbers from last week on our teaser um so what'd you say it was 53 yeah 53 plays according to uh the uh distributor we use man i i think that's pretty good i think yeah. we're off to the races well, boy we told no one i mean you told you told your lady i told mine yeah. i told a few buddies that's it no yeah. n- no one over five so, only on and, it's only on uh spotify for yeah, that it, this one should be on apple but don't hold my word on it well uh, and I feel like spotify is n- not the best platform for podcast agreed i use apple i've never listened to a podcast yeah. on spotify that's so, all i so but i think but, we did pretty good 53 for not telling anybody advertising it at all so I think we're off to the races. Well, I'm going to give uh, Mr. Logan Pyatt a shout out here because, uh, you know, he posted on his Instagram story and that's probably where all of our views came from. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know a couple boys heard, uh, reached out to me after they saw that. So they said they liked it. So maybe we're doing something right. I will scare them off eventually. <laughs> well, as long as you don't know something. About them boys in the hot tub, I think we'll be good. <laughs> Shit. Uh, you know, a story I want to ask Scotty, and I don't know if Justin, but Scott, do you have a band story? Uh, no, I have never killed one. I've got three or four, um, three or four at the house from, uh, you know, my waterfowl banding days, you know, dead wood ducks in uh, wood duck boxes. I got a, uh, a snow collar 
that was given to me when I was working up in the Hudson Bay um, as a gift. But uh, as far as ever killing a band, I've never seen one in the wild. Justin? Nope, no band here. I've got one. Uh, two years ago, December, it, I killed it on the uh, pond that I learned to cut my teeth on waterfowl hunting. I went by myself one morning. I had a two mallard drakes come in, shot both of them, got out in the pond, flipped one over, and it was banded, and I don't remember walking to the bank. Uh, <laughs> And it was, it was banded in, uh, near, oh, give me a second. Uh, it was banded in Mendocino County, California, and I killed it in West, uh, Southwest Arkansas. And it was a three-year-old Mallard Drake. That is cool. He crossed, he crossed two flyways in three years. And turns out, uh, I'd sent it to, it was banded by the California Waterfowl Association. I had sent it to them on their Instagram, and turns out it was one of their. Uh, uh, they do like a. They find mallard eggs or duck eggs out in the wild, and then they uh, collect them, raise them, band them, let them loose when they're old enough. And it was one of those birds, egg salvage or something like that. Yeah, yeah, their egg salvage program out there. It's funny you mentioned that because that's actually one of the organizations I worked for back in the day. So, Small world. I might have banded your bird. <laughs> it, I think it was banded in, I killed it in 20... Uh, I've got my waterfowl journal literally right here. Give me a second. Y'all can talk while I look for it. Well, if it was banded in uh, 2011, 2012... It was been there. It was not then. Oh, and speaking of horrible duck seasons, I've not even kept up in my journals, and normally I am writing every day, and I've not wrote anything since early teal season. That's how bad my duck season's been. Well, were you on that hunt? Reed, Reed sent me a picture on Facebook that. Looked like quite a few birds stacked up. I, I did not. That was a uh, guided hunt they went on uh, through their uh, dad's corporate jobs. Uh, okay. I killed yes. it uh, 2018, December 18th. So it was banded. 15. Yeah, 15. Still, nonetheless, that's awesome. I think a lot of people, a lot of people like that. So, so speaking of bands, what y'all's take on? Who gets the band in a hunt? Are you all about flipping for it? Or are you giving it to the guy who got permission? Um, or how are y'all doing that? Well, in my case, if it's not... Basically, if there's a band killed and it's one of the last birds to fall, they're going to know it was me because I'm usually the last person to shoot. I'm usually clean up. I let everybody else shoot, then I start shooting. And I also usually call the shot, but I don't know. I've never had that problem. I've never had any other ones killed in front of me besides on that solo hunt. We talked about if, if it wasn't clear who shot it, like where did that bird land that we do like a number, uh, a random number generator, something like that. But, uh, that's how we would do it, but we've never killed a band on a hunt. Uh, my neighbor got a pile of bands and collars, but he's never killed one on a hunt with us. And if, if two people shoot the band, 
like a solo bird comes in, two people get up and shoot. I mean, you can get a replica too. So it's not that big a deal, but I, you know, I'd probably get to the person that didn't have a band. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. If there's no kids involved, then go ahead, flip for it. Then if there's a kid on the hunt, obviously, I'd say it goes to them. Right. Now, then, do y'all look? Do y'all look for bands? Because I know I do. <laughs> I can. Uh, yes, just- I do. You know, I didn't see the one when I killed him. I mean, he came in just two or three minutes after legal shooting time. I popped him hovering right above the water. Never knew he was banned until I walked out there and got him. But I, I looked. The only time I ever did is I had I had like four or five geese hovering over me waiting for my buddy to call a shot. I had time to look for bands in that gear, and uh, it's the only time I ever looked. Otherwise, I'll be honest, I only hunt for food. I really could care less. I may be cool, yeah. but. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree, but I, I like to look just to make sure. My eyes oh, are... yeah, if I see one, I'm not going to not shoot at it. But <laughs> yeah. so, Speaking of banded geese, every banded uh, Canada goose I've seen is either in a uh, city park or in the middle of some dude's pasture that he won't let you hunt. I had a college one flying over a job site I was working at over the summer. Oh, and I'd love to kill a collar. It had to have been a local. I saw it every day in the middle of... You know, July. Yeah. Do they do a lot of banding projects up there, Justin, where you're at? I know I got a big one. Uh, I got a buddy who hunts a pond across the street from the project, uh, a few counties over from me. Yeah. And uh, I got a couple buddies to hunt over there. Uh, the one buddy who hunts uh, 10, 15 miles away shoots five bands a year, and the other guy shoots a band every other hunt. So they don't wow. make it far. Yeah. Yeah, they I don't... know. I've seen it in North Dakota when they start banding those family groups. I've seen guys get into them where they'll kill 15, 20 bands in a hunt, stuff like that. It's fucking nuts. But by the time they get down here, they're so few and far between. I've, I've never seen one in the wild. I believe there's a... Uh... I believe there's a small banding project in a town just south of me. Yeah. Um, but I've never been with anybody who's killed a band from there. I've just heard rumors that there's a banding project, that there's a big DNR office down there. Mm, I gotcha. When I see like a, a giant snow goose feed or anything on the side of the highway, I'll pull over, pull out the binoculars, and I'll look and see if I, just to see if I can see a collar because I've never seen one in the wild. Yeah, it's something to do in the off season, especially once season closes. If you got uh, birds migrating through, it's worth it. That's when you pull your camera out, start taking photos. True. Um, all right. So, I guess if this this episode is going to be all about introducing us, I think let's. I got a couple of questions here for you, and I want to get y'all's take on it. Oh, um, he wrote them down. He was prepared. Oh, absolutely, notes, man. Dude, you got to take notes. You got to take notes. You got to have something to talk about, or we're going to be meandering here for six and a half hours. But Everybody loves to meander. <laughs> uh, so to get it started off, we'll, we'll stay with uh, waterfowl hunting now. What is your go-to duck and goose call? Mm. Well, uh, I, 
I'll let Justin go first. Um, uh, I got a Mold Gear EX3D for Goose. I love it. Um, yeah. Easiest blowing Goose call I've ever blown. Uh, granted, I haven't blown that many. Uh, I really like that one. Um, and then for my birthday, Mandy got me uh, that Bushlight Morningwood call. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I like that thing. Uh, I'm breaking it in. It's a little stiff, but uh, yeah. I like it a lot. Sounds good. I've called in some ducks with it. But uh, I like it a lot. Nice. The yeah, only like- thing I had a problem with, with uh, and it's not really, it's a me thing still being relatively new to it. Uh, I use a lot of spit. Um, the day that I've been using it, it was really cold out and the call would freeze up. I'd have to take it apart, put it back together. Yeah. So, uh, I got a BG that I use that I got right below that. That's broken in for me, blown yeah. on it every day while driving to work. So I use that as a backup if the air call freezes while I'm using it. Oh, nice. Nice. I'm not a big goose hunter. I, I'll goose hunt in Arkansas in September. We go up to South Dakota. We may throw out some. I've got like two dozen dive bomb uh, Canada goose decoys, and I'll just take one just in case. But I've never shot one. Well, I've shot one one up there. Yeah, I forgot about that with a 16 gauge. But uh, I never called it him. They just came in way too close. Uh, I mainly just uh, duck hunt. It kind of depends on the mood where I'm hunting. The two calls I keep on my on my lanyard, I keep a Echo XLT and a Bocot or however you pronounce it, and then I keep a uh, RNT Mondo S on my lanyard. Hmm. Got a cut down guy, I see. Yeah, and then always a whistle. You never go wrong yeah. with a Drake whistle. No, absolutely, absolutely. I think. Um, yeah, kind of like Hadley. I don't do a lot of goose hunting. I keep one, keep one in the bag just in case. And that's a Ducklander um, HC6, I believe it is. It's one of their lethal uh, poly calls. Um, I can make basic notes, but I'm no, I'm no goose caller by any means. And then as far as duck call goes, I'm running a uh, a Ducklander uh, loud timber hand cut and. That thing just screams top to bottom. And so I've been pretty good to me. Bobby's a good guy up there in Kansas. And so it works. I, I've been trying to get into the cut down game. I, I carry a, a singleton with me, but I just don't think I got it. I've got a singleton in uh, African Blackwood. And yeah. I, to- I told him to tune that sucker hard. I mean, it takes a lot of air. It's super raspy, but I cracked the barrel. I don't know how I did it, but it, my barrel's cracking bad. Like, I lose air pressure. I can't even use it anymore. And Jeez. I had it about a season. I don't know what happened to it, but it's cracked. And banging against something? Do what? You banging against something stuck between your shoulder and your gun? I have no idea. No, I didn't even get to hunt with it a season, and it was cracked. I think it, like, fell off the counter or something. I don't know. What's it made of? African blackwood, and that stuff's not supposed to do that, but... I mean, it happens. I mean, I've told Justin, I don't know if I've told you, Scotty, but I've, when I have free time and I'm back home, not in college or anything, I've got a shop and I'm trying to make my own calls. I can do my barrels all right. I'm working on inserts. I'm not going to be the guy that gets uh, an echo polycarbonate insert and sells a barrel. You're Uh, a good man. 
I'm trying to do that. And I, I, I completely understand when a wood call messes up because if you have, if you make 10 wood calls, whether it's Coca Bola, Blackwood, or whatever, or I'm actually using a lot of, uh, oh crap, I have a Bodark. That's what I've been trying to make mine out of, you know, just that yellow Bodark. And out of those 10 calls, you're going to have one to two great ones. And then you're going to have two or three decent ones. And then you're just going to, the rest are just going to be bad. Just the density of that wood. That's a lot of work to have a bad call. Yeah, it's pretty fun. I mean, I've not made a dollar off of it. I'm just trying to get my tone channel down. That's a pain in the ass, especially when I went cheap and bought like a cheap lathe and stuff. And I shouldn't have done that. I should have bought a jet lathe. Made made it a whole lot easier on me drilling and stuff. Well, once you get figured out, it's going to be nice to hear one of those calls ring. Yeah, and, you know, I don't want it to be nothing big or nothing. I just want to make some for me and a few friends and stuff. And, you know, yeah. if somebody wants one, fine, but it's all going to be made on a lathe. Like, it's not going to be CNC lathe or nothing. Yeah, I know one. Yeah, and it's all going to just be wood. I'm not going to do acrylic or nothing. Acrylic's a pain in the ass. Yeah, it looks like it dirties up a shot pretty quick. And that shit burns. If you get it on just right and it's hot coming off, it will burn. Well, yeah, it's a type of hard plastic. Yeah. It's pain's heat. I'd rather just get covered in Bodark chips all day. <laughs> yeah. But. Okay, dream hunt. I'll ask Justin first because that just appears to be the order. Justin gets to go first for everything. Yeah. Uh, I actually, we, I know exactly what it is too. We can do dream waterfowl hunt, dream whatever. Like you can do your top three dream hunts, no matter what they are, and you can do your fishing. Because I know you're a big fisherman. Me and Scotty are not. See, here's the thing with fishing. Uh, I honestly don't know what it would be because I've got world class. I mean, I've got world class lakes an hour away, far away. So, I mean, uh, I've already caught a fish of a lifetime for muskies. I've went short of catching what would be a fish of a lifetime for walleyes. I've caught giant bass and everything else in between I've caught. Um, so, for, honestly, I, if I was going to go anywhere, it would be a Canada muskie trip or Canada pike and walleye trip, like Saskatchewan or Ontario. Um, but then, again, I'm not too keen on leaving the country uh, for hunts. Um, Alaskan caribou or Alaskan moose or Montana elk. Any one of those three. All archery. Wouldn't want to do it with a gun. Yeah. Scotty? Man, uh, so I guess that's one good thing about not hunting uh, hooved animals. I, like, I think uh, an elk hunt would be cool, but uh, for me, it's just all waterfowl. And I would say uh divers and shovelers in san francisco bay probably be fun um while i was there working uh that year there's a group that they go out they set up their blind but they'll set up a grill they'll put out uh, you know pink flamingos uh, shit and they just have a party and i think something like that where you kind of lower the intensity but bring up the hey let's just have a grand old time i think that would be something fun and getting out there shooting big old cans maybe get a chance at a brant uh, some big fat spoonies i'm 
I'm in love with those birds. Uh, I think that would be a good one. Um, I want to hunt the Chesapeake Bay, and I want to be put in one of them sink boats. want to kill black duck, king, king eider. Um, and I think just because you got to uh, go to Alaska. Got to go to Alaska, hunt, kill your seven birds, uh, have a good time. Um, I think what you can get the, the harlequin, harlequin duck up there. Is that what uh, that is? Yeah, I think so. Oh, it's beautiful. So do that. Don't ask me. You're the waterfowl biologist. No, no, far from it. Far from it. Uh, but get up there, do that. Um, you know, be close to Russia, hunt those waters. I think that would be pretty cool. Well, mine's my first one's going to be pretty generic. Pretty much every waterfowler said it at one point in their life. I'd like to duck hunt Saskatchewan for sure. Uh, two, I'd like to, uh, and this is directed towards you, Scotty. I want to go on a West Texas speckle belly hunt. You heard it here. And then, uh, three, I'd like to, like Justin said, I want to archery hunt, but I want to go to uh, New Mexico or Colorado and get a big bull elk. Mm. That'd be fun. Yeah, that would like, be fun. I like a, real. like a 10, a 10 yard shot on a giant bull. Jesus Christ. Oh, I've seen those videos. They're just insane. Oh, uh, Man. I think that'd be easily the coolest the thing I could ever do in my life. Yeah, that that would be pretty awesome. So, would be pretty awesome. A moose hunt would be pretty cool, I think, just because they get so uh, so aggressive in the fall and winter. I think that would be fun, but... Man. I'm too big of a coward. No, that's when and you take the 308. I'm take that shot. I have nightmares about two animals, grizzly bears and alligators. I don't mess around with that stuff. No, you got to worry about grizzlies. Oh, bull. Yeah, grizzlies hibernate in the winter, so do gators. And and for the most part, unless they're over six, seven foot, they're really, really not too aggressive. Mm, still. Yeah, it. I will say the few times I got to hunt on the coast, it's... It's always in the back of your mind, especially like in teal season. It's in the back of your mind, but it's one of those things when you get out there, it's just, and the sun comes up. If you got to hop in the water, you just got to hop in the water. And I mean, most of the time in the marsh, I mean, you're talking two and a half, three foot deep. So not really that big. Now, if I was above my waist, I might be a little bit more freaked out, but yeah, they're normally... They're normally just going to eat your dog or eat your birds. That's it. No, oh, I, I still don't. I, I mean, I literally have nightmares about that shit. And <laughs> it's not like I'm not scared of snakes. I'm not scared of anything else. Just those two things. And, you know, where I hunt and stuff, hunting those oxbow lakes and those uh, cypress breaks and everything. I mean, you'll on a high 40, low 50 day during duck season, you'll see. Big alligator sunning on the bank. Yeah, we don't got those bass. Oh, nightmare fuel. Fuel. <laughs> I will tell you that right now. First thing I got to worry about is a coyote, and those aren't coming by me. I'm not scared of that at all. No. All right, so you're afraid of those two animals. Let, I forgot about Let's transition ones. into this. Do you think, because this is a question I posed on this hunt this last weekend, a, do you think Bigfoot's real? 
secondarily if you see him in the woods or just shooting them. Absolutely. I don't think he's real, but I'd definitely shoot him if I seen him. Absolutely. Even if it was even if it was Dwayne in a fursuit. <laughs> well here, so here's what so here's what got me thinking is because I saw something um, a deer hunter got shot, uh, I think last month, and he was wearing blaze orange. And I'm thinking, you know, what kind of world do we live in where, you know, you got hunters shooting people who are wearing blaze orange? But then I start thinking, maybe the smartest thing to do is to go out in the woods and dress like Bigfoot. That There's does not sound smart. Horrible no. idea. No, no, no. He, he's never like, been shot at because motherfucker's not real. That could be very true. But you never hear of, oh, yeah, Greg, he went out this weekend, and no, he didn't kill no deer, but he shot a sand, uh, sand squatch. Um, Same squatch. It just, it just doesn't happen. You know how much money so, you would get bring that in? Of course I'm shooting it. Yeah, well, that's my thought, Ian, is if it's alive, hey, I just proved to everybody that Bigfoot exists. Fuck it. Cabell's going to give me a million dollars for that mount. Oh, you mean Bass Pro? Cabela's Bass Pro, Johnny Morris. Yeah, God. Oh, speaking of which, uh, to all the uh, podcast listeners, I'm going to start a uh, GoFundMe for me to buy a shotgun that's in uh, Cabela's right now that both of them seen. Which one? The Ducks the Unlimited Ducks one. You got 400 bucks. Fuck no. Heard a couple Dude. tricks. Get the money in no time. Put that True. bitch on a credit card, 400 bucks, pay it off. That's a hell of a gun. Is it I, still there? I don't know. I'm going tomorrow. I'll put it on a card. You can God. pay the forty grand in debt off later. True. Yeah. I know he's going to debt. Yeah. Worth it. Worth it. I tell you what, though that um, that Model Twelve looked pretty good too. I don't know about that yeah. price, but yeah, that gun's been in there since like September. Yeah, what it was nine hundred dollars for a Model Twelve. Yeah, but I will say it is in pristine condition. They've got, they've got uh, Belgian uh, A fives. Yeah, I mean right there, they're like twelve hundred, fourteen hundred, and hell, my sixteen gauge looks better than they do. Well, you got to figure we're in pandemic prices too. Prices on guns are going up True. now that guns are getting harder to. Guns from the factory are getting harder to find. The used prices are finally starting to skyrocket. Yeah. Yep. No. I buy about one to two shotguns every year, so that's not good for me. Oh. Well. I bought mine before this got crazy. Yeah, I bought mine during the summer. <laughs> for gun for new guns getting hard to get. Um, yeah. I, man, but I think that used... That used market is such a racket. I mean, oh, I agree. Like that, that Wingmaster, that's a good price. 400 bucks. I think that's a steal. But like I've seen a couple of, like, I feel like, what is that? Uh, the Remington Model 11, the Browning A5. Uh, a good gun. You should be spending eight, 900 bucks at most. And yeah. that's great barrel. The engraving's not bad. The wood's still good. Um, How about a gun? So what? Talking about for used guns? Yeah, for used guns. I think eight, nine hundred dollars, twelve to fourteen hundred bucks for 
for a, a Belgian A5. I think that's a little little outdated I, I can see that price if it's like one that was never ever shot it's been in a safe all these years i don't know i'd be worried about it if it's been sitting i'd want it taken apart first that's just me yeah yeah when you buy one of those old guns from uh cabela's do they test fire it for you i have no, no clue no no I wonder if I go in there tomorrow and tell them, hey, I want $100 on this gun right now. Put it on layaway, and I'll come pick it up next week. I think they do that. I'll see. I'll try. You know, what I mean, that's 25% right there. Yeah. yeah. You're guaranteed you're coming to pick it up. They'd probably give you 30 days, and then they charge you a restocking fee if they don't. Yeah. That's true. They just keep your 100 bucks. When y'all uh, order a gun... Through y'all's uh, local FFL dealer. How much is y'all's background check? Free. Yeah, really? free. free. I have a CHL, so here in Texas, or the background check is free. Um, I since I have a CHL, it typically goes a lot faster. I can normally, once I start with the paperwork, I think it takes twenty and thirty minutes because I got the CHL. But um, if I order a gun online, the transfer fee anywhere from twenty to eighty dollars. That's what I was uh, meaning. The transfer fee. Uh, let's see. I bought. I built my AR-15 online, and that cost me fifteen bucks to transfer to lower. And my local local favorite gun store. I know that this. Uh... Cabela's, it's $25 for the transfer. And then back home, every place is $25 except one pawn shop, and they charge $75 for a transfer. Yeah, they... I go there. Yeah, I don't. Hold on, so Cabela's is charging you a transfer fee? Th that was when I went. Uh, I was going to order a, a Legacy Pointer 410 through them online. If you order online, they charge it, but if you buy yeah. it in a most times they just work it right into the price oh. of the gun. Yeah. Yeah, because I was going to say, typically you only got to pay that uh, transfer fee if you're buying like from an online realtor and then they got to transfer it into their name and then sell it to you. Out of all the, out of all the guns I've bought, I'd say 94% of them I ordered. There's been very oh. few I've bought in the store. I've only done there. 15. Oh, gosh, huh? So, have y'all seen the new post uh, from Benelli that apparently they're going to come out with an SBE3 in a 20-gauge model? Yeah, I've seen that. My roommate was telling me about it. He's a big Benelli guy, a big 20-gauge guy, and he's now he's trying to decide whether to buy an M2 or that. But I've not really looked into it. I mean, I thought the only difference in the M2 and the uh, – the M2 12 gauge and Super Black Eagle anyway was three and a half. I mean, I don't know. I don't, I'm not a Benelli guy. I don't own one, never own one, shot once. I I think you're right. I mean, I'm, you know, I, I feel fairly confident talking about shotguns, but I think I thought that was the only difference um, was, A, and you get um, uh, the 20 gauge option in the M2, but yeah. but, yeah, with now them coming out with a, 
SV3 and a 20 gauge. I think it's going to be uh, bye-bye for the M2, which is kind of unfortunate. I don't know if it'll be bye-bye for it. I think I think when you take them apart, they get uh, taken apart differently. Like they got a different uh, mechanism. I'm not sure though, because my roommate was trying to explain it to me, but interesting. I don't know. He just showed me a, a takedown video of a, a black a super black eagle, and I don't I don't remember if he pulled up the M2 video or not. But it doesn't take apart like any shotgun I have. You want M2 to buy a Stoger M3000. It's the same action. Oh, Jesus Christ. Here we go. <laughs> but I, don't want, I don't want to talk about that gun. What? I love my Stoger. Uh, and see, no, that's, that's all on. good. His, his gun or the Snow Goose gun that he's all pumped about? Oh, you're I, well, that was, I thought that was you who sent that. I sent that, but I sent it talking shit. About what? Saying it'd probably work one or two hunts. I don't know. I've got quite a few rounds. My M3000. I'm just going off of my experience because I had one, and then I'm going off a couple of other people's experience that, you know, they're not the best. They're not fully reliable. And I've heard that about Rite too, but I don't know anybody that shoots a Rite. Uh, That's more of a Facebook thread about Rite's. I don't, I don't know anybody who owns a Rite. I couldn't tell you. I don't know anybody owns a Benelli for that matter. No, I got a couple of guys. Some of them love them. Some of them, yeah, you know, they get that Benelli click. But, but I actually, again, I know I'm gonna catch shit for this. But I actually had a Verse Max, and that thing was giving me fits. So I'm actually back to shooting my uh, Stoger 3500. For the oh, time. oh, yeah. hey. Oh, and see, I've heard the same thing. I shoot a Versamax most of the time. I've had one big problem with my Versamax, but I've, for the most part, it's a workhorse. I've not had really no issue. Uh, my big issue was my stock kept coming apart from uh, the receiver. Yep. Like it would get loose and rattle. Yep. And uh, well, there's some blue Loctite in there now. It's not come undone yep. since. Well, so I had it. Um, my verse max and I started getting a lot of Benelli clicks but looking at the shells I was getting just light primer strikes and this happened for about a year and a half I was shooting uh, those heavy metal shells and, and about that time there's a lot of threads online or something uh, about them uh, doing a lot of misfires was it, the, was it the heavy steel? Mm-hmm. Last duck season, I had a case of heavy steel for Max Perry wings. It's like the three-inch two-shot. Yep. And I had nine duds out of that case. And I said, <laughs> never again. And they always happen at the worst time. I've had duds this year, but I had ice form on the inside of my firing pin both times because I was just barely, barely hitting the shell. The gun warmed up. It started working fine, and then I had one dud out of all the boss shells I've shot this year. I had one dud on the 12 gauge, yep. but they'd gotten wet. That a few of those shells had gotten wet, and the brass was all rusty. But you know, I've heard a lot of bad things about the Versamax, but I've just just besides the stock getting loose, that's been it. That's my only problem. I used <laughs> it as a boat paddle the other day, and it I never yep. cleaned it, and it cycled fine the next day. <laughs> well. And I love my gun, and I will say this. So 
Um, I went through all this. I replaced all the springs, you know, replaced the hammer spring, um, replaced the firing pin, pretty much everything you can do. Um, Cause apparently the Versamax, a lot of uh, three gun guys use that shotgun. And so found a couple of forums, replaced all that stuff, still kept happening. I called up Remington or I took it to a gunsmith. And so the hammer spring is the spring that moves the hammer forward to hit your firing pin to hit the primer on the shell. Well, the gunsmith said, well, it's just, it just doesn't have enough uh, retention in the spring. So he put two in there where there's supposed to be one. I called Remington and they told me don't fire the gun. And they sent me out a whole new trigger housing. And so the customer service was great. They sent it to me for free. It started working just fine. But now um, when I press the um, uh, shell button uh, to throw a shell from the magazine tube onto the feed ramp, it doesn't throw them anymore. So I just got tired of all that, you know, just little quirky bullshit with the, with uh, the trigger housing. And I said, fuck it. I'm going to start shooting the Stoger and so far so good. I'm not, not a fan of the inertia, um, especially going from the verse max back to that. But uh, it's been okay. Have you, uh, On your trigger guard on that Versamax, did your paint start? Was it black? Mine solid black. Yes. Yeah, did yes. your your paint started chipping? Yes. Yep. Yeah, I don't like that. I wish it was just a plastic trigger guard. Mm-hmm. That that's my second complaint. I think I'm gonna get it dipped this year. If you know who who I send it to, if they can get that stock off. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's got a lot of blue Loctite on it. I'll tell you that because I got tired of that crap. Yep. Blue Loctite's easy to get out. Well, let's hope for him. It is. It, it ain't. Blue Loctite ain't much. Well, speaking of dipping guns, what should I get it dipped in? Bottomland, natural gear, or uh, old school? Pink. Pink. Dude, I don't know. I'm, uh, Bottomland's always looks good, I think. Um, but I am I'm starting to become a fan of... Uh, Oh, I guess everybody's doing it now where they do like a bronze or something receiver mm-hmm. and barrel, and then they do camo on the plastic. Right. I think that's a good look. And and then if you're not going to do that, you're going to be in a layout blind or uh, or uh, an A-frame, something like that. I'd do what them uh, boys from Cadillac Creek do. Just get, uh, was that Versace, Louis Vuitton, uh, Wonder Bread. I was just about to say Wonder Bread. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I think that looks funny as shit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, You know, I don't know. I'll probably just get it in bottom lane and get like uh, a tan on the receiver. Yeah. But it's been a good duck gun, I'll say that. Yeah. But no, I, I swore off heavy steel after last year after nine duds and then the last dud before i said i'm done shooting it the the wad got stuck at the end of my barrel oh good thing it was the third shot too that is a fucking widow maker right there yep it was right on the end of that carlson choke oh boy yeah i shoot a i mainly shoot the mid-range that's what i got in mind that thing is 
tight. Oh, it's bad. Especially the boss two and three quarter number fives. Oh my god, I, that is and, a killer. Uh, um, when I patterned uh, my new Stoger with it, obviously I had a thirty inch barrel, not a twenty eight. At forty yards with that cremator choke, like eighty five percent pellets with a BB. Jeez. Um, good. Yeah, it was, and that's in like a two foot circle that I drew. It wasn't even a big circle. Mm. Mine didn't pattern that tight. Oh my god, I'm tight. I figured that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But I only took it on a couple hunts at the end of the year. Uh, uh, I missed. That's that's tight. I got to figure out where it's shooting. I might even have to use a different choke. But it is tight. I have a uh, CZ Bob White side by side twelve gauge that I'll take duck hunting sometimes. Use a improved mod and a full. It's a side by side. I don't see too many people hunt with them anymore. Yeah, I like I like hunting with it. It's uh, about a twenty six inch barrel. It's got the English stock. You know, it doesn't have the curved pistol grip to it. Just a straight stock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, my uncle's got a, a Remington eleven hundred with a straight stock. Nice. Ooh. Speaking of that, since both of you boys like fancy guns, if you were to do a gentleman's hunt, you know something where you break out all the canvas clothing, you bring out the nice side-by-side or over-under, um, or just a blued barrel shotgun, what are you taking? I'm not a double barrel guy like my, my autoloaders. I take my 1100. Yeah. I love probably, my 1100. Mine would probably be that CZ or my old 16-gauge, uh, my 1962. Mm. So, I think me, it would either be my 20 gauge Wingmaster or probably an Ithaca 37. That's Ooh. what I'm talking about. Ooh, Ithaca. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, dude, I'm a sucker for the old shotguns, man. Me Everyone, too. Well, we got a couple of them that roll up here on the, on the used rack, and oh man, are they pretty guns. Since we're talking about gentlemen's uh, clothing, talking about the wax canvas, I actually got a uh, McAll- uh, McAllister field jacket that I wore today on its first hunt, and that thing is nice. Like it's warm. I just I didn't even wear a base layer under it. I wore a t-shirt and a little pullover, a little Drake pullover I have that's paper thin that I wear during teal season. Oh, nice, nice. It is a nice jacket. And my buddy, he's got the uh, McAllister Wade jacket from like the 1980s, I think. Oh, vintage. Yeah. He, he accidentally washed it in the washing machine. Now all the oils off of it. McAllister sells like this spray stuff you can reapply to your jackets. And he said it didn't work at all. Oh, it sucked. I wonder yeah. if it just ruined it with the water washing it. I've got a duck's back vest, but it's not. It's new from when they came back out a few years ago. Okay. I I just started all my camo before was just you know hardwood camo for deer hunting because that's all I did. I just started buying uh, waterfall hunting camo, and um, I can't afford Sitka, but it's just too much money. Yeah, get it out in like camo fire. Uh, but I was able to pick up uh, a banded that banded not banded, um, Drake, the Drake quarter zip shirt pullover. Good 
God, is that thing hot? And it was like 50 bucks. I'm probably going to get crucified for what I'm going to say. But if I was to ever buy a Sitka product, I would probably buy the waiters. Just because of that it, lifetime warranty. Like, yeah. Limited lifetime warranty. Figure, figure for 10 years, you put a pair of waiters every year. A, a normal pair of waiters is only 100 bucks. You paid 100 bucks a year for better waiters. Yeah. And see, I've had horrible luck with waiters. Like, I've never had waiters last two full seasons. I bought this year halfway through the season when my frog togs were leaking so bad I had water up to my shins and I didn't even fall in. Um, I bought the Drake zip-up waiters. And the only reason was they had the two-year warranty and they were zips. And that's probably the best boots I've ever had on a waiter. I bought 12s. I wear 13s in like normal cowboy boots, normal shoes. But those 12s fit perfect on my feet. I can wear Nike socks, go hunting, and my feet don't get cold with those 1,600 boots. I got an old pair of Cabela's waiters, like real old pair of neoprenes. And uh, they're three, three now, and they still haven't leaked. And they're, they're like a hundred bucks uh, years ago. My uh, first pair of waders were lacrosse neoprene. And at, after I got uh, Drake breathables, like right when they came out with the breathable line, I was like, I am never going back to neoprene ever. Well, we, I mean, if they're hopping in the water here during duck season, it's 40 degrees out. If I'm not insulated, I'm dying. Yeah. It's just too cold. Even the neoprene, like last winter, we were hunting water till the last day, and you know we're breaking ice in those things, and I'm in shorts underneath my waders, yeah. and it's five degrees out. I think Scotty's having some technical difficulty because he's not chimed in. No, no, no. I had to go kiss the wife and tell her goodbye. She was heading out to go meet some of her friends. Uh, no, dude, I, I think you're right. Uh, breathable A is the only way to go. Uh, once you try on breathables, I don't think you'll ever go back. And then, um, yeah, I'm kind of with you. Uh, I think what I've been doing this since 18, so 2004. So what we're talking 16 years, I've probably had 12 pairs of waiters. You yeah. Know? So you start doing those numbers. I mean, a pair of waiters cost 200 bucks. And I think what, three years ago, Probably going to get uh, on a, a no-fly list with this, but but uh, waiters from Academy, and I think I went through four of them in one season. I just kept returning them, um, but they just kept leaking, man. And it's one of those things where, yeah, you don't want to spend $1,000 on waiters, but at the same time, it's if you're going to spend $300 for a pair that's going to last you two years, I mean, you're already coming out ahead. Yeah. And then, you know, so it to me it sucks on the upfront cost, and you know, yeah, if you gotta send them in and you're without a pair of waiters for a month, yeah, that sucks. But I mean, it's a hell of a lot better than spending two, three hundred dollars every year, every other year, uh, just to stay warm. Like I bought uh, this year, I ended up buying some uh, frog togs, and everyone talks really good about them, but. First hunt, they leaked right out of the box. And Mine so, lasted two weeks. Yep. And so it just gets to the point where it's like, what? how in the fuck 
I mean, we have wetsuits for crying out loud. Surfers don't have this fucking problem. How can you not create a scene that does not fucking lake? Yeah. And, like, it's you know, 300 bucks. $300. You're paying good money. Like, we're out there in extreme conditions. Fucking Sims can figure it the fuck out. Why can't all these other fucking companies just make something that keeps my dick dry? It's because really it's fucking a, it's a way to make money. They know that you're going to have to keep buying them. Um, a rubber, just paint them black or something. Yeah. No, they won't leak. Yeah. No, I've, I've got a pair of Sims waiters, and if I didn't pay so much for them, some bitches, I've thought about just taking a rattle can to them and spray painting them brown and hunting out of those. Right. I mean, I would still do it. I don't know what Sims waiters cost. I've never looked into no, them. I, I've... I think I spent $400 for mine when I was out in California. Um, but, I mean, hell, they're G, I think G3s and G4s. This was four or five years ago. cost eight, 900 bucks. Good God. Yeah. My but... zips were uh, 550 with tax and everything. Um I, I like them one. I'm a I'm a tall dude. I'm six four. They're yep. cut up real high. They're like right below my armpits. It fits good on me. I mean, twenty hunts in, they've not leaked. They perfectly fine. Only thing I don't like about them is when you take them off and when you put them on that removable bib that Drake has in them, your feet will get wrapped up in it. Yeah. And or and when you go to get out of the waders, you will pull the insulation out. Yeah. It's just velcroed in. Yeah, I, I do like, for that purpose, I do like the zipper liners, just for that reason, because it doesn't pull out, it stays in place. Right. Uh, it does get shoved down in the boot sometimes when you put them on, but, I mean, you can you can fix that pretty easy, so, but, yeah, dude, like, waiters are a fucking racket. I don't <laughs> understand the whole purpose, like... Drake advertises them as you can take them off while you're hunting. I've never been in a hunting scenario where I'm like, I need to take this insulation out during the hunt. Yeah. No. Like, yeah. Suffer. Yeah. From like hot from cold and cold. Like if yeah. it's teal season or I know it's a warm morning, I'll take my insulation out before I go hunting. I look at, we're waterfowl hunters. We look at the weather. Yeah. No, and, and that's what what gets me is because like it's nice, but it's like, you know. I've never been on a hunt where I'm so fucking hot that I've got to like take off all my shit. Cause nah. honestly that's what you're doing. Cause when I wear my, um, my lined waders, I, I wear a pair of Nike running shorts. So it's like the minute you take those out, it's going to be 40 degree water up against your body and you are fucked. Mm. So I don't I quite understand the, uh, the thought process there, but who knows? I wear Cabela's, uh, oh crap, thermals like pants, and then I wear the Drake waiter pant, the 2.0s with that fleece line, and I never get cold standing out in water. Yeah, if, it, if it's like a warmer day out in room water, I wear shorts, otherwise, regular season, I just put a pair of blue jeans down underneath. That's it, that's warm enough. Don't forget to tuck your blue jeans into your socks because I've got a hella scar on the middle of my calf from blue jeans rubbing and waders. Yep. Jeez. Jeez. It rubbed, like, rubbed a hole in my calf. Those waders? Do what? 
You running marathons in those Raiders? No, we went scouting, and I, I was in neoprenes at the time, and I think it was like a two mile walk one way, and I like had a hole in my leg. Oh, yeah. that blue jean rubbing it. Now, that sounds pretty shitty. <laughs> yeah, but real shitty. God, that's the one bad thing about scouting down here on public is. I think this year I've put in. 60 miles on foot. Yeah. So a lot of walking, a lot of time in waders. Oh, I've, e- I've easily done off. that too. Yeah. Like if I'd kept my tracker on, I couldn't tell you how much I've walked. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that we only hunt private up here. Yeah. You can probably drive into the field. It's so cold up there. Most of the time, yeah. Uh, unless it's been recently chisel plowed and they screwed up the field and it's all muddy. Yeah, I would drive right up there. Jesus. What's the uh, shotgun Logan bought that he had hell with? Uh, uh, fab arms. Yeah. Fab arms. Well, he took it apart. That was his mistake. He even said it on his uh, on a post on a podcast. He took it apart and uh, um, something didn't go back together perfectly so it wouldn't cycle or something like that. I I couldn't remember what gun it was. Uh, I just know it was a pretty high gun. Yeah, gun. yeah, it, it, yeah. It was uh, fairly pricey. It's a high carbine. Yeah. Yeah, I'll stick with my my six hundred hour guns. I can't. <laughs> I will say I I shot it. It shoots nice, man. It really does. Um, and somehow I think they put like rubber into uh, uh, the p- uh, pistol grip of the shotgun stock. It felt very good, but man, I don't know if it's so uh, if it's worth the money. Mm. I'd have the like longevity of the gun before the gun's so wore out. It ain't worth replacing parts, or if you can even get parts yeah. to. Yeah. Yeah. Like you- I. Like, I don't know, if you're going through several cases of season hunting, and I could see buying that figure if you can get 10 years out of the gun. I mean, you can get a Walmart special Remington 870 and make that sucker last 20 years. Just half-ass taking care of it. Fuck, you don't even have to clean it for 400 bucks. Look at, I mean, look at my 1100. I took that thing out in the rain. Scotty, you were yelling at me on, through Snapchat. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, it was raining. I thought it was snowing. Rain, snow, a little bit of both. Yeah, you're fucking insane, man. Like, if that gun went out down here and it even thought about raining, like some clouds form in the sky because of the moisture, that some bitch is going to rust on you before you get back to the house. No. Nah. Oh, I wiped it down with a paper towel when I got inside and. Let the the dry out, and I oiled it like I normally do, and she golden. Not a spot of rust. My my Versamax has been orange a couple times this year for me. Just putting it in a a float bag, you know, the gun case, waterproof gun case. And by the time you get to the truck and pull it out, that sucker's already orange. Oh yeah, that's 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 a good thing about having a black gun, though. Don't take long to clean it off. No, No. that's the good thing about. Having a black gun or getting it dipped, you ain't got to worry about that shit. But man, that's why I can't take a blue barreled gun out hunting. 
I only use that gun for deer hunting. That's it. I only have a rifle barrel for it. Oh, okay. Right. That gun still snap. You still yeah. snap. That gun does not see anything else. No, but still. Yeah. I, rip. <sighs> no, I, I'm walking a hundred yards from my back door to where I'm deer hunting. Jesus Christ. I fall hundred yards. Make it sound a little bit harder next time, man. Yeah, I gotta walk no. in. You know, gotta beat all the yahoos. Get in at three thirty and sitting in my stand. No, where I'm gun hunting because of Illinois' population. Where I'm gun hunting, private land is my backyard. Where I'm, where I'm hunting, yeah, I'm walking in. Uh, the earliest you can walk in is five a.m. And by five oh five, I've driven a half mile down the road from the sign in, and I'm sprinting to my tree. With a forty-pound deer stand on my back. Since we uh, talked about how shitty all of our duck seasons was, Justin, how's your uh, deer season going? Uh, I killed one of the deformed deer I had walking around. We got we got a weird deformity that uh, has taken over my area, and I've been wanting to clean up that bloodline. Um, I had two deer we were looking for. One was a weird little three-pointer, and the other one was a spike that had a spike growing out the back of its head, and the other one growing out the side of its face. Oh. Uh, I think I'm going to change. I think I'm going to change Justin's name in my phone to Cole Master. Oh, my God. I had, <laughs> I had nothing good on camera this year. Last year, we had some absolute giants uh, that I saw several times, and this year, I had nothing. Uh, I mean, I had more coyotes than deer on camera. Uh so that little weird three-pointer walked out in front of me, and I shot him. And uh, got almost 90 pounds of meat out of him, so I don't care. Yeah. Killing, killing Nevers trophies today. Oh, that'll never be a trophy. That's, never. Why, <laughs> that's why you're the call master. Hey, yeah. somebody's got to do it. We get, yeah, we've that's got, right. Somebody does got to do it. The problem with this property is... We used to have a lot of bucks on it before I was old enough to hunt, and uh, we weren't calling out those weird those weird deer. And now it's almost all I have is these weird deer with a few random just like shining stars. But uh, <laughs> I start killing those cold deer, and that was this year's mission, and it'll probably be his next year's mission too: is kill the cold deer. Because I didn't get I didn't get half of the I had didn't see half the deer that I saw on camera this year. Really? Well, oh. sometimes you just got to start fresh, man. Kill them all, start it all over. That's that's kind of where we're at. And like I said, I mainly hunt for meat. Um, I'll have big bucks that I'll, I'll try to kill. I had yep. a couple last year. I had one. Uh, I'll, I'll find a picture. I'll send it to you afterwards. It's just stupid. But um, I any of those do this year. I, I got like a two-week time frame, I know, to kill a buck on my property. If I don't kill them between November 3rd and November 15th, I'm not going to see another buck on my property. So, really? Yeah. It's like clockwork every single year. Best time but, for us to kill a good buck back home is uh, the week right between muzzleloading and rifle. What's that? Well, you guys, you guys go into the rut a lot later than we do. Yeah. Our rut's like. Literally that last week, October is pretty much it. It kind of kicks off during muzzleloading, but its peaks right there in uh, end October, start of November. Oh, you're earlier than us. We're like November second. I start seeing a lot of chasing. Yeah, 
ours like on our lease it's right then like that week that first week of november is there the big bucks are hitting it hard anyway and then the little bucks will start during big rifle wow oh that's like i don't i don't see big bucks chase until 11. yeah we've got uh a deer problem for sure we've got way too many does and we've got way too many culls and none of us really take care of it i mean I don't deer hunt a whole lot and I've got five uncles and they'll shoot like one or two does, but you can kill in the zone we're in, you can kill four does and two bucks. In my state, I can kill two bucks any way I want. It could be two gun, two archery, don't matter. Um, and I don't know anybody who's ever bought deer, uh, doe tags or they told me couldn't buy any more. I know yeah. people who killed 10 deer here. Uh, do y'all have the three-point rule? No. Yeah. We've got it, and I think that's kind of messed some of Arkansas up a little bit, but, I mean, we got, I'm not a deer. For expert. Illinois, uh, we have fairly good deer management as a population, but uh, all the corn we grow helps. We yeah. have just, like, steroids for them. Like, we shoot does over 200 pounds. Jesus Christ. Oh, dude, the last doe I, last doe I killed? was a hundred and eighty pounds dress. If you're yeah. going by the percent yield rule. Yeah. That's rough. Oh. Like we've got deer down here that won't even weigh a hundred pounds before you uh gut them. So yeah two hundred pounds I, is pretty gnarly. I, I'm in a lot of deer pages on Facebook and I seen some guys saying you know the you know, killed this year old deer, 35 pounds of meat back, only cost me 150 bucks. And I'm like, what? No, I pay, my butcher charges me 120 bucks. And that's with my, when I get deer sticks made and I'll get almost 100 pounds of meat back. My uh, buddy's dad, my roommate's dad, they do all their own processing. Well, my buddy's a butcher. I toss him the business. It cost me 100 bucks. To not have to deal with disposal and with doing it all myself, hundred bucks. Yeah, I'm gonna do it. Have y'all ever made uh, duck snack sticks? No, nope. I've done it with deer. Me and a buddy, we're gonna make uh, duck snack sticks after this season. Just mix everything together: mallard, spoonies, everything, you except the teal. It's like a it's like a sin to not grill a teal. Hmm. What do you guys? Uh, what do you guys do with um, goose? Don't kill a whole lot. Uh, we're actually cooking some tomorrow. He brought his speckle bellies off of his guided trip, and I've got the Canada goose breast from South Dakota in the freezer. We're going to do we, something with it tomorrow. We cut them up and make them like we'll substitute goose for beast. Like she'll okay. soak her milk for 24 hours, and then she'll make like stir fries and whatnot. Oh, I love it. Hmm. Don't, I've just not had a whole lot of goose because I don't kill a whole lot of geese. It tastes like tastes like beef. If you cook it at, if you cook it like beef, it tastes like beef. You huh. know, like beef. I cook my so duck like not, a steak. So mm. yeah, no, I think that's that's all you need as long as you do a good brine and a. Uh, I don't even think you need to marinate it, but you brine it and age it right. That's all we do is a little bit of salt and pepper, and just cook it on the cast iron, call it a day. No, it'd be delicious. 
Tony Sasher eating garlic. Everyone, everyone complains about eating duck and goose, but like I said, we substitute it, so you never know. Yeah. yeah. But uh. All right, boys. So I think uh, before the before we started, we were talking about uh, trying to come up with not fun facts, but uh, uh, doing a Mount Rushmore. So, um, oh shit! I think that might be another way to kind of tell people kind of who we are. And uh, so I figure maybe we do it every time we uh, we talk. Maybe we do it once a month. Who knows? Uh, but I think a good one to start out with would be Mount Rushmore of movies all time. What do y'all think? Yeah, absolutely. All right, we're just going to bounce back and forth, pick one at a time. We can do that. We right. can do that. Sounds I'll, good to I'll me. Even, I'll even go first. Um, my number one, hands down, you can carve it in the stone all day, every day is Lonesome Dove. Oh, damn, I forgot about Lonesome Dove. Yeah. It's a good one, but it's a long one. I've read every <laughs> single one of those books, too. Yeah, it's like seven hours long, and then, God, if you read... Well, I think there's five or six books in the series. It's Four. It's a hell of an adventure. No, five. Wait. Dead Man's Walk, Comanche Moon, Lonesome Dove, Streets of Laredo. Streets of Laredo. Yep. That's a good pick. That's a good one. Yeah, I, I completely forgot. Like, when I don't think of Lonesome Dove as a movie, I think of it, you know, it's like a TV mi- uh, miniseries or a series. Yeah. Mm hmm. Justin? Definitely can be. All right, my favorite movie. It's been my favorite movie forever. Jaws. <laughs> you seem like a Jaws guy, Fisher man. <laughs> favorite movie. Absolutely I can get behind that. My favorite. That's hard for me to pick like a number one because it. it my movies are generally based on my mood, but yeah. I will say the movie that I can watch at least once a week, every week, would probably be Shawshank Redemption. Oh yeah, dude, that's real yeah. good. Classic. I <laughs> do. Fuck. So I'm having a hard time with this second one, or actually, fuck. We'll save this for last. Um, second one is Man from Snowy River. No, all-time classic, nineteen uh, 1980s film. Michael Douglas, just epic. Australian cowboys. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen. Yeah, it's it's a it's kind of in a niche market, I guess, but I like it. I can put that thing on any time of the week and just let it run. It's been a long time since I watched that movie. All right, uh, my number two would have to be The Godfather. Ooh, I have never watched The Godfather. Oh God, you suck. <laughs> <laughs> this is what happens with the age discrepancy here. Have they don't know what the cinematography is. Oh, okay. Well, then my second one, I'll, I'll roll into that. It's Gone with the Wind. No, I'm kidding. It's not Gone with the Wind. <laughs> it's not Gone with the Wind. <laughs> it's it's El Dorado, the John Wayne movie. Oh, that's my favorite John Wayne movie. Yeah. 
that's oh, a yeah. real, real good one. Fantastic uh, movie. I guess uh, another one for me, put it up on the mountain, uh, Uncle Buck. Oh, that's uh, a great one. There, there's John Candy. Uh, God, I love that son of a bitch. Uh, there's a lot of them, but I think Uncle Buck is probably one of my tops from him. All right. I guess I'll do a Western for my third. My favorite Western movie is A Wild Bunch. That's a good movie. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've watched that one where my DVD almost doesn't work anymore because I've watched it through so many times. <laughs> Since Scotty did a comedy, I guess I will too. Uncle Buck's comedy, isn't it? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, damn, I just lost the name of it. Oh, yeah. The Big Lebowski. Oh, the dude. <laughs> that, that's definitely my all-time favorite comedy. Yeah. Uh, we could well, definitely do a comedy Mount Rushmore because I watch a lot of those, too. Oh, man. All right, so this one's hard. Oh, yeah. I think the fourth one is always difficult. Um, but we can do an honorable mention. No, 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 I don't feel comfortable doing that. It's once you get them up there, call it a day. Uh, gotta go with Die Hard, John, Mc, John McClane. Oh, best Christmas movie ever. Uh, yes, yes, absolutely. It is we, a Christmas movie. We actually, so on what is that Christmas Eve, we go to church. We come home. First movie we watch is Die Hard, and then It's a Wonderful Life, and Not then great. Christmas Vacation, and then we'll do a gift, and then we'll go to sleep at like two or three in the morning, and then we'll wake up and we'll start this whole celebrating Jesus. So, oh, but yeah, Die Hard, best Christmas movie out there. I don't even know what a fourth one would be. It's it goes back to moods. Um, man, I don't even know. I had to do a fourth movie. Hadley, you go first. All right. Um, it's kind of a toss-up for me, too, between these two, but I'll just pick the first one that popped into my mind as my fourth. It'll be uh, The Irishman on Netflix with uh, Robert De Niro. And, uh, oh, shit. I just forgot the actors in it. Anyway, that one. Uh, De Niro, um, Joe Pesci, all the old mob movie guys are in it. Yeah. Um, man, I still don't know what I'll do for a fourth. That's hard. It's just... I, uh, I'll answer it for Justin. Goodfellas. <laughs> and you know what? That was one of them. I was actually thinking about that because it it's one of my all-time favorite movies, too. Yeah. Uh, Goodfellas, Casino... Oh yeah, got them all. Yeah. I've I've got all six seasons of The Sopranos. I mean, I love <laughs> I love all that. Well, uh, when the construction industry is run by a mob up there, I it uh, it pays to know uh, know the type. Oh yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Especially when you work in Chicago half the time. Yeah, yep. that's where I work. Uh, I guess that you know what. Um, I have to do Saving Private Ryan. Oh, yeah. That's a good Damn. one. Yeah. It, it's hard to do these for me because I, I remember them as you say them. And, you know, I yep. agreed with pretty much everything y'all said. Minus like Same. one or two. I just like that one because it, uh, 
it just shows you know the incredible things this country's done and yeah, that's yeah. like that first what 40 minutes of, of d-day is just unbelievable yeah no and it's imagine it what it was like oh yeah i mean film can only tell so much of the story and if you think it's graphic or that uh you know they can paint a vivid story and but that's nothing compared to what it was like when you were really there you know oh, so it's it's just it kind of puts it into perspective you know what these guys have gone through and what they did that day so it's that was a good one. Oh yeah absolutely well well, guys, I don't know about y'all, but I'm actually about to have to feed the dogs and actually get out of here. So, um, yeah. any uh, any parting words? I don't know how uh, how we're typically going to end uh, these podcasts, but uh, well, uh, we might as well give our social media out. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at uh, gadwall underscore four, and that's it. That's the only real <laughs> social media I use. Unless you're in the Looking Glass uh, Duck Club uh, podcast group. Yeah, if you're there, you can get his OnlyFans. That's that's worth it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, 69 cents a month. Buck <laughs> <laughs> 50 for the whole year. Yeah. What about you, Justin? Uh, I guess I would say uh, follow me on Instagram at official underscore dead or alive outdoors. Um, if you just want to see the hunt and fish, that's that's where it'll all be. Um, I post there, and so does my partner. Uh, that'd probably be the best place to see what I'm doing and the stupid things I'm doing, like going out on Lake Michigan tomorrow on a 20-degree day. Yeah, I'm pretty excited to see about this. It should be good. should work out. should. No, I got you. Uh, for me, uh, God, I have a Snapchat, but I have no idea what my name is. Um, but Instagram, um, I'm Scotty goggles with one T, uh, I feel like everybody gets that shit wrong, but, uh, you can follow me there. Um, some say it's good. Some say it's not worth the price of admission. Um, also on Facebook, uh, you can find me there. Um, then what is this Snapchat? Oh, that's really getting that out. You're going to get the CGP. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, Snapchat <laughs> is uh, CTX2009. Just, just, just give them Logan's. <laughs> oh, and one more, actually. Uh, so me and my buddies, we got a uh, hunting page kind of like Justin. Not near as famous, though. Uh, don't have sponsors. Uh, oh. And that's uh, Hollowbone Outdoors. So you can also follow us there. Um, we do a little bit of killing. That's where I put up a lot of the uh, hunting stuff I do, so... Yeah, and then if you want my phone number, just uh, just message me and I'll give it to you. Damn, Scotty's just throwing himself out there everywhere. Um, I've I've got nothing to hide, man. I'll <laughs> takes all kinds. I'll talk to all sorts of people. Yeah, you're kind of. I think some people don't really like you for some reason or uh, another. Man, you know yeah. you've made it when you have haters. That's what. Yeah. They say. With uh, the bean bags on a roof. Yeah, I was about to say the bean bags. <laughs> well, uh, he doesn't piss Stanfield off. And I still can't confirm that was me. I'm I'm still <laughs> going to put that on the boys from Oklahoma. 
So hey, but, always blame it on people from Oklahoma. Sorry if you're from Oklahoma and listening, but absolutely, you blame it on them. I mean, yes, I did pass out in a shower for two hours, um, but I don't think I would have thrown the beanbags up there. No. He may have tried, but he may not have got the clearance. Oh, yeah, that that's that's probably for sure. I don't know. So you I, probably just throw straight piss no. missiles, huh? <laughs> yeah, well, we all have our moments. Unfortunately, that was mine. So, all right, well, fellas. Well, all right. it's been good. I hope you all have a good weekend. Yep, yep. All right. Thank you all for listening. Oh, yeah.